finishes off in style. A magnificent strike into the crowd. India lift the World Cup. After 28 years, the parties start in the dressing room. And it's a, an Indian captain who's been absolutely magnificent in the night of the final. Hello, everybody. Welcome to FOMO Sapiens. Today, I'm joined by Nihit Sachdeva, Basab Ranjan Dahal, and Samyak Jain as we discuss the 2011 ICC World Cup final, an event that took place exactly 10 years ago. As we record this on the 2nd of April 2021, the final took place on the 2nd of April 2011. Now, I personally remember flitting from one friend's house in central slash West Delhi to another friend's colony in central slash South Delhi to my own home that Saturday to watch Dhoni hit the winning six with 10 balls to spare. But then again, my own memories and... Uh, uh, di uh, digressions about the Delhi about Delhi geography doesn't really matter here. I am not a cricket nappy. I'm only the moderator. Um, I mean, we'll start uh, we'll, uh, a little early on in this episode. We're going to look at um, a moment which came later in the match. Dhoni in the 48th and 49th overs. Samyak Jain, would you say that would be your fondest memories of this, uh, of the World Cup final? No. My fondest memory of the World Cup final is when uh, Tisara Pereira, he bowled a short length ball and Dhoni hit him for a six over the offside. I am not sure if this is a proper stat, but India has never lost a match when Dhoni has hit a six of the square cut. Uh, so, yeah. How many has he, he hit? How many? He doesn't hit How that very often. He? he doesn't hit that very often. So, I think there's like five or six instances of him doing that. And whenever he has hit a six on the offside, especially as on a short ball, he has done magic later on in the match. And the moment I saw that, I knew India is going to. Would you be on board with that, uh, Nehit? Um, for, your favorite, for your favorite moment of the match. Because I'm trying to get someone to desperately talk about the fag end of the match where we actually won it. Um... There wasn't anything from the first innings. Second innings. Uh, yeah, I think can't be anything apart from the Dhoni six. Yeah, it has to be the moment of this. Basab has broken out in laughter. I'm not sure quite why. has to be moment of the game. To say no, yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Continue, sorry. Just yeah. very, looked very poetic. <laughs> that six of Pulasekra was very. I think uh, even before that six, there was this over of Malenga where he two fours. One was probably a weirdly weird looking sweep on the leg side and yeah. there were two fours and I think that was when I realized how this that by the end of that over uh, they also noted the fact that David Lloyd uh, known fondly as Bumble uh, of course the creator of the YJB or Young Johnny Bairstow uh, nickname said start the tuk-tuk so essentially that was an over in which I believe many casual fans as well as expert commentators believe that India was truly on its way to winning and then it just took a couple of balls for us to actually win that match. Um, what happened after the match? 
I... that is something about which people get quite emotional uh when you talk about the final we do not give enough weightage to, to the fact that the celebration was was not limited to our tv screens and what was happening on the ground if you remember uh, practically all of india was on the streets tier 1 city tier 2 or tier 3 if you logged on to any news channel you had one visual of kapil dev crying on the right and on the left people were burning firecrackers on the street so yeah what was what was happening in northeast so i remember like uh, let me go back to this one moment i really liked from during the just before the presentation when kohli was asked about sachin being carried and kohli said something and that will probably be true for kohli 5 7 years down the line and kohli said that he carried indian cricket for 24 years and we are, we can carry him around at least once uh post that after like after the match ended midnight see in northeast midnight is way past normal hours because you might just die you walk out you might die like, uh, so i remember post midnight uh, i just walked out to our main gate because beyond that is unsafe territory uh, especially in the, uh, mainly i think only in the northeast but yeah beyond that is un- unsafe territory even after 9 pm so 12 am but despite that i could see so many people walking doing india india with flags and all so many as in 10 15 it's a big number for our village uh, so i saw that uh, at that moment it didn't hit me how much it meant but looking back uh, 10 like 10 years from then today when i was i actually you know i cried a bit because it is one of the happiest memories of probably my childhood and also probably of india as a collective nation i don't think we have had such happy moments post that and a billion indians like gambhir tweeted today uh, unlike last year where he was very smoky today's tweet was quite good he said 10 years ago a billion indians won the world cup and i think a billion indians celebrated it on the streets across north south east and west lots of moments to remember in this 2011 world cup which bring a tear to the eye of the indian cricket fan and a tear to the eye of and maybe a tear to the eye of uh, this english pseudo english pseudo cricket fan who is your moderator today but, but no seriously um sachin and gary kirsten being lifted on everyone's shoulders virat saying it's been 21 22 years Uh, for Sachin, uh, since Sachin started carrying this country on his shoulders, it's time for us to carry him on his shoulders. Dhoni shaving his head after that World Cup. Um, tears from Bhaji and Yogi, two tough, stereotypically tough Punjabi men. All this happened ten years ago, but for our uh, for our panelists today, the memories are as fresh as yesterday. I did I think I see a uh, bloodshot eyes from Basab Ranjan Dahal now you may or may not uh, I mean I may be lying because this is audio only uh, that's for uh, but then again when you uh, uh, but, then, but then when you uh, listen to him during the podcast uh, you'll have to decide for yourself it is a nostalgic day like I think Basab is not in the right state to talk right now but I will on his behalf so <laughs> it is a nostalgic day when i talk about it it gives me goosebumps and i completely understand what basav is going through right now 
I think getting to know that Yuvraj was facing this other battle of the field all this time makes makes the the title even more special for I think Indian cricket. I just like to ask uh, Nehit his own experience. Of course, uh, uh, Nehit sort of being a budding sports journalist at the time. How would you say that that uh, uh, that that victory, you know, for someone from uh, are you from Meerut or Agra? I keep Saharanpur. Saying. From Saharanpur. From Saharanpur. Right? Near, so, near Meerut. The riots. Exactly. The riots uh, of the riots. Uh, yeah. No, that's is that someone from right. yeah. So someone from Saharanpur in western Uttar Pradesh. Um, uh, not a metro city, of course. Uh, would hmm. you say that for someone coming from small smallish town in North India? that probably uh, you know framed your uh, outlook on indian cricket and sport in general uh, how would you look back on that experience fundamentally that's why i remember after we won so we went out obviously and there is this um, so there are there's this famous uh, court bridge in saranpur and there is this one gantagar area and both were jam packed with people and mostly were carrying artificial replicas of the world cup trophy wow pura the co the bridge was filled with people or bahut very memorable night and i think 2011 world cup and 2016 olympics these two events kind of made me fall in love with sport like i and i think after, it was only after 2011 that i started even reading about the game till then it was like yeah i i like watching it but not more than that but after that i started reading about the game and and i think that was the beginning of now something that i want to do and i wish to do that's a fairly inspiring story yeah for sure i uh also also so i just noticed Rikinpo has mentioned something very slyly. They they mentioned last time Sri Lanka won the tournament and beat India. One Indian cricketer left the arena in tears of sorrow. <laughs> Now it's the opposite. <laughs> Referring to the '96 Kolkata game. Oh, that yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, let's not talk about that match. <laughs> Redemption. <laughs> I mean, was there anyone in that Sri Lankan side who was still there around there in 2011? No, right? Like, I, I don't think so. Was there? I think the commentators were. I think Russell Arnold was. Murli, Murli, Murli from Murli was in 90s. Murli, ah. yeah, Murli was there. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, only yeah, Murli. Murli. Of course, Murli retired in the World Cup. Only Murli. He was. He was. After the World Cup, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah so Murli was there. Okay. Uh, I I feel that we are maybe digressing a little. So just to shift us back on course, we look at the actual match itself. I I mean I saw the first innings and I thought, yeah, I mean India will win this as Sri Lanka battled away. uh they were restricted by some excellent indian bowling in particular zaheer khan's figures of 10 overs three maidens 60 runs and two wickets stands out of course this was his overall bowling figures he did go for quite a few runs in a uh in a couple of overs but he was also supported ably by munaf patel who had an economy of 4.56 in that final 
Yuvraj Singh, who took two wickets at the cost of less than five runs and over, as well as to a, to a somewhat lesser extent, Harbhajan Singh, Sri San, as well as two legendary batsmen in Sachin and Virat. So I'd just like to uh, look at that Indian bowling lineup, right? Basically, try to uh, figure out, and I, I mean, I think about it these days, right? And these days, of course, India has a plethora of um, excellent uh, bowlers, right? We, of course, other than Jaspreet Bumrah, we have Bhuvaneshwar Kumar, we have Shardul Thakur, we have Tina Trajan, we have, um, I feel I'm missing out a prominent name here somewhere. I don't know why. But uh, whatever, we've got, a, we've got a Vishan Sharma. Of course, Mohammad Shami, Omesh Yadav, Vishan Sharma. Right. <laughs> the, I, 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 miss the, I miss our key, key men. And Mohammad Siraj, now uh, yeah, that we're looking at more recent red ball bowlers. Um, but how, just how pivotal do we believe Zach was 10 years ago for us? Right. Because, I mean, uh, in his absence in England, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, he was injured throughout that 2011 uh, summer series. Right? So just how pivotal was the Heer Khan for us? in that World Cup as a whole. And even, even, even if it wasn't just for his bowling, was, was, there a, was there a feeling that he, you know, sort of uplifted the team spirits and the country spirits when he was bowling? Basab. So, like, I think more than just his bowling, as you said, he was like the, you know, captain, the leader, the sort of role that Bumrah plays nowadays. Back in the day, Zach used to play. And it's mighty sad that uh, someone... Of his caliber, we didn't manage as well. We had so many injuries with him. Even in England, I think he got injured twice. Uh, before that and after that. And coming to the World Cup in general, uh, World Cup specifically rather, our bowling, I think Munaf Patel was the unsung hero. His bowling numbers were excellent. Even in the final, I think his economy was the best. Uh, the second best was Yuvraj Singh. Uh, Munaf Patel, he should have probably given given a longer leash and made to play more matches down the road because, yeah, although bless him for his Instagram feed, he has a very excellent Instagram feed if you guys want to follow. Otherwise, apart from that, I think Yuvraj also in the finals was good. Uh, I think I uh, also, Zaheer, by 2011, I think he also said this in an interview that by 2011, he was very uh, he was experienced, obviously, and he was very calm because he had already been in a World Cup final before, and that time he was very nervous. So, like, the start was that, horrible. That, that was a very unpleasant World Cup for him. Yeah, go on. 2003. Ahead. So, 2003, yeah. like the start was very horrible, but this time he was very composed and he knew, and the fact that they were we were playing at home, but he knew how to bowl and how to keep things tight. So that really helped a lot, I think. Zaheer, Zaheer probably performed, I think. In my understanding, Zaheer Khan is not just, he, he was not just a bowler back then, he was also an institution in himself for the team. Because the way we talk about Dhoni when Virat Kohli was a captain, that Dhoni is a pseudo-captain, he keeps the fielding and he manages the bowler from the wicket. Zaheer Khan used to do that in 2011. Dhoni was just there. The Zahir Khan would be next to the bowler. He would shine the ball, give him. He'll tell them where to pitch the ball. The present day Ishan Sharma is what Zahir Khan was. Ishan Sharma is who he is because of Zahir Khan and so many other bowlers in process who have come out of his tutelage. So I think Zahir Khan is a phenomenon we did not value enough. Yeah, agreed, agreed. 
Agreed. I mean, I I, I do remember uh, him being referred to as the Sachin Tendulkar of Indian bowling, and I do remember people also scoffing at that suggestion. Perhaps it is a little uh, of an exaggeration, but uh, no doubt, Zaheer Khan was someone who was pivotal for India as a bowler as well as a leader of the bowling lineup. Zaheer Khan would be Speaking... the Gavaskar of bowling, and Umrah would be the Tendulkar of bowling. Umrah. I think I, I think it's too too early to say for Bumrah, yar. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, let's, I mean, it's a, it's a little it's a little tricky, of course. I mean, batsmen. Uh, I mean, by virtue of the sheer brutality that uh, bowlers have to uh, pacers have to subject their bodies to day in day out, right? Like it's very difficult to compare a batsman and a, a seamer or a pacer's career. Um, mm-hmm. But speaking of batsmen and speaking of Sachin, Indian batting didn't pan out quite so well in the final. Well, not at the beginning anyway, and perhaps some of you could shed some color on on the exact stats there. But I will say that we were thirty one for two in the seventh over. How did we manage to turn that around, Nehit? I think uh, so. In that final, we got to see the glimpses of the chase master Kohli would be because when like we lost two early wickets, Sevag, like the semi final, he wasted a review when he shouldn't have. He went out in the we went out on the second ball of the match, and after that, like Sachin was looking in good touch, but he got out to Malinga. Uh, so after that, when Kohli came and he didn't panic, he played very calmly with Gambhir and he steered the ship. And I think that was a pretty unlucky dismissal he got. That he got the edge and Dilshan took a brilliant catch, brilliant catch. But other than that, I think Kohli was very calm and. He his contribution isn't valued that enough in that from that final, but he sort of helped the team forget the start we had, and after that it was like the Gambhir and Dhoni show. Or, oh, or, the Gambhir and Dhoni show. We'll talk. We'll talk a little more about who deserves the plaudit in that match. Uh, but um, uh, before, yeah, I mean, we can't. We we're talking about Virat Kohli, right? And Samya, could you agree that we uh, sort of saw. The first glimpses of the chaser that Virat Kohli would become, right? I mean, he did he did very well to support uh, our batting lineup, especially after the early loss of two stalwarts of the game, really, in uh, Viru and uh, Sachin. Um, Thirty-five of forty-nine, not brilliant, but pretty good. So yeah, Samia, if you could just give me your opinion on that. Under the circumstances that Kohli walked in, in his own words. The entire stadium was like a funeral, and he was the youngest in the team, I think, back then. And for him to replace Sachin Tendulkar on the pitch in that moment, it was the toughest job in the world. So, even if he scored thirty, thirty-five, it is a monumental task to do that. If Sehwag could not do that, I think Kohli deserves a lot of applause for that. Yeah, Basav. Yeah, I think like I agree with this because looking at the scorecard, uh, there are two innings, uh, two Sri Lankan batsmen and their uh, knocks in that very match. Dilshan scored 33 of 49 and Kumar Sangakra scored 48 of 67. Both at strike rate similar to Kohli. And I think uh, in the same way, like all three of them provided their teams with a platform on which later Dhoni came and stole all the glamour. I think Kohli's innings in that match is probably one of the best he has ever played. 
see i think the reason why kohli played so fabulously was also because he did not have the baggage of losing a world cup like everyone else in the team they had all lost a world cup and if you see if you go back and see the post match celebration kohli is probably the only person who's not crying like a mad guy there and he has time and again said that i in that moment did not know what was coming forth and i did not realize the gravity of the situation and i just played my natural game so credits to him that he did but yeah that was probably the first time we saw what a legend kohli would turn out to be so move, i have a question uh, so moving on moving on from uh, moving on from virat kohli we'll uh, look at a couple of other batsmen who were alluded to whose pivotal innings were alluded to Gautam Gambhir, who came in at number three and put up that 83 run stand with the current captain uh, before Kohli bowled out at 35, as we've mentioned. Gambhir then continued to bat with MSD putting up a 109 run stand before being bowled at 97 by Tesara Pereira. Dhoni, of course, hit the winning six. He's got 91 at a strike rate of around 115 as compared to uh, Gigi at roughly 80. What do we think about the post-match plaudits? that went to msd rather than gautam gambhir and gautam gambhir has spoken publicly about that as uh, alluded to by nehit earlier in the podcast uh, i'll bring in a uh, i'll bring in someone who's just joined the podcast shubham jha audible yeah go ahead see the only problem with uh, this whole debate is that uh, we always forget the fact that uh, we had to chase a score and in in, in the chasing innings you need to accelerate the accelerate the part gautam gambhir obviously made a pivotal stand for uh, around which dhoni played that innings but yes nobody can deny gg's uh, contribution so we have to look at both both sides of the coin and according to me msg obviously stole the limelight but because he was the captain he was given that importance i also agree i see it is man of the match it is not batsman of the match so you don't go after who has scored the most runs you have to value ms's contribution in the match he was the captain who managed the entire but wouldn't you say that wouldn't you also. say that it was wouldn't you i mean would you uh, wouldn't you agree with the fact that it was gambhir who came in at number 3 right and basically had to come in at a time which was arguably tougher and sort of turn around the match more than so, sort of what dhoni did dhoni had to keep us going yes dhoni had to hit out improve the strike rate right i mean um i i think we needed 15 of 17 and then ultimately just needed a winning six of the last ball or something i mean i say of the uh, i mean with 10 balls to spare my mistake but wouldn't you agree that gambhir sort of turned the match around more uh, after like uh, i mean after uh, after that after that after that shocker from uh, sehwag and furthermore after the loss of sachin uh, uh when he's got i think 18 of 12 balls all right see uh, can i add like i disagree with both both shubham and samya because uh, over over the entire world cup dhoni's role was different from what he played in the final and while gambhir uh-huh. played gambhir being at number 3 obviously as some said he had more pressure coming in at 3 plus watching sachin go out right uh, and then he had to rebuild this entire thing with kohli when dhoni came in there was some kind of structure there 113 or 15 something like that 
you needed 160 and dhoni might as well have sent yuvraj to be very honest dhoni wanted all the thunder limelight everything for himself <laughs> he wanted the glory and that's why he came in other words everyone knows that yuvraj itna acha khela tha like uh, what he got man of the series right he had played so well he would have definitely won of the match with maybe five overs to spare this dhoni like he you know the kind of person he is he does all this So, so you, yeah, don't we, we got... the, you don't believe in the you don't believe in the left hand right hand combination theory. <laughs> no, like see, there are a few theories like left hand right hand. Then why are we opening Sehwag and Tendulkar? We could have gone Gambhir and Tendulkar, right? Okay. But oh, yeah, anyway, I believe so... in the left hand right hand combination. Also, the fact that Murli Saran was bowling back. I think when Murli Saran, yeah, Yuvraj and Murli Saran. and uh, so basically if you're looking at uh, if you're looking at um, murli's figures yeah he didn't take a single wicket he was fairly tight though like he gave away 4.88 runs and over that was his economy right so he was there we like he was definitely there other than that you had malinga uh, who was i think sri lanka's most effective bowler that match right 4.67 economy two wickets um and then you had a few and then you had a few others kulasekhar gave away a few runs which he which he shouldn't have pereira took a wicket but gave away a few runs and you had randeep also who did very well as far as bowling was concerned dilshan actually took a wicket in that match uh, yeah. dilshan took virat's wicket cotton bowled i think i think uh, if yuvraj had come i think yuvraj hasn't had a good record against murli if i'm not wrong that is one point and the other that's point that's why i be, think yeah murli yeah. would would have got him out i think i also think would have got him out Yeah, I think it is a strategy of playing safe. That see, if Dhoni gets out, Yuvraj can take the innings home. But if Yuvraj gets out, Dhoni will fuck us up. And <laughs> that Dhoni and like if Dhoni got out and then Yuvraj got out, then Dhoni gets to blame Yuvraj. Yeah. No, but I mean, there's look, look. I mean, to be honest, I'll be play, I'll play devil's advocate here and just say for a second that Dhoni sort of took a bit of that burden on, right? basically it's a world cup final right and you need someone who's a cool head who's a calm head he's been known as captain cool for a reason and is there is there no one here to back me up on this right i feel that there was definitely some selflessness yes of course it would be i mean he i mean he is heroed uh, he i mean he was made a hero and he is worshiped in this country uh, in large part due to that match right i mean we can't deny it right the the iconic image of him hitting a six uh, i think it'll stick with india for millennia right with indians for millennia so is there no one who, can, who will really back me up on this because i feel that there was definitely an element of selflessness if he'd gotten out say first or second ball we'd gone horribly wrong dhoni wouldn't be quite what he is today he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be he wouldn't he wouldn't quite i mean he was already um, he had already won uh, an ipl with csk of course but he wouldn't quite be thala in the same vein as he is today Back in 2011, Dhoni wasn't really shitting upon innings like he does. He did in the last few years. He was the safest finisher to go with. So I think it was a great bet for Dhoni to come at four. Uh, so then we have to give credit to Dhoni. He knew that Yuvraj is going to win man of the series, or वो तो हो गया मॉडल हो गया. तो मेरे को कुछ कहा हां दैट्स व्हाई लाइक ही वांटेड द मैन ऑफ द मैच फॉर हिमसेल्फ वरना युवराज कैप्टन बन जाता 
फेयर पॉइंट यार युवराज कैप्टन बन जाता क्या बात है स्पीकिंग ऑफ पीपल हु मे और मे नॉट बी हु मे और मे नॉट बिकम कैप्टंस और हु हु शुड और शुड नॉट बिकम कैप्टंस इन व्हाइट बॉल क्रिकेट लेट्स टॉक अबाउट अ नोटेबल ओमिशन फ्रॉम दैट वर्ल्ड कप रोहित शर्मा ही मिस्ड आउट ऑफ दैट वर्ल्ड कप आई रिमेंबर ही वाज ब्रांडेड प्रीटी मच बैक देन एज समवन हु इज टैलेंटेड इनक्रेडिबली टैलेंटेड हैज इनक्रेडिबल पोटेंशियल बट डजंट यूज इट he's fought back in odi cricket since then right he's got the highest score for uh, a batsman in a single innings in uh, odi cricket against uh, which he got a, a 264 against sri lanka in 20 in 2014 november 2014 and he has two other double centuries so three double centuries in odi cricket and of course uh, before someone calls this argument a straw man argument there are other stats as well which i'd like i'd let some of the speakers elaborate on how do we believe that world cup omission affected rohit sharma a should have been, he have been left out at all actually and b how has it helped him develop his game since i'll start with uh, shubham okay basab you want to go basab go ahead basab you can start uh, so yeah before we go to the serious stats arguments i remember him like used to be this fat guy coming out you know bada powder diet and all that and even he acknowledged later on that he saw not being selected and that hit him hard he started actually started training much harder since then since being left out and he admitted it multiple times that being left out of that world cup team is what is probably one of the biggest or probably the biggest reason for what he is today for what he did in 2015 world cup and 2019 world cup and limited overs cricket in general Shubham, you can go ahead now with the more serious analysis. Uh, so, like, uh, I'll I'll go on to the stats part later. First of all, so Rohit Sharma has scored the most number of ODI centuries since twenty uh, since twenty seventeen, and that that only because of the thing that Kohli hasn't been uh, scoring since twenty nineteen. So that's a big uh, that's a statement to the fact that he has been performing a, a way higher than way higher than any any batsman in the ODI world right now. His op uh, like. what we all know that rohit sharma wasn't playing at the correct position and that's that's a statement because before that if if we look uh, look over the limited overs international mm. or uh, domestic white ball part rohit sharma was playing somewhere in the uh, some somewhere in the middle or it was performing decently well but in the international side he he, he didn't had as many chances as he should have been given because in the cb series he had done well but after that Uh, the Commonwealth Bank series, if you all guys remember, in Australia 2008, he had done well, yeah. but but uh, they were uh, but there were not many chances because the team was jam packed with batsmen. Now the problem we are we are facing with bowlers these days. There was a problem with batsmen in those days. So Sharma was talented, but wasn't performing to his potential. And the uh, 2011 exclusion did what that he it made him motivated enough to perform at that level. as we all remember the 2013 australia series when australia came to india before the champion trophy won he smacked all over the park like that was something that was a statement i have i've not seen anybody batting so well for a very long period of time not even kohli with all his dominance out there hey uh, i i thought samyak was about to say something to yeah. that yeah so uh. 
when i look back i don't see how rohit sharma would fit in to the 11 because we had solid batsmen from 1 to 6 and i think yusuf pathan was the all-rounder in the squad and rohit sharma wasn't really of an all-rounder and he had fitness issues also so who were the other four players apart from the final 11 
I thank all our panelists and I thank you for listening. I'm Raghav Tilwar. This has been FOMO Sapiens.